0: Welcome to the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. Today, I've got to be honest, we're probably not going to have a great episode because our last episode was Gangbusters Legendary. I got compliments from all corners of the internet about the last episode. We really blew our load on the last one. We blew our load on the last one. It's called Regression to the Mean, otherwise known as Blowing Our Load Theory. (laughs) When you have someone that's, when you have an episode or a thing that's an outlier, odds are the next thing in sequence is not going to be such an outlier. It's going to go back to the mean. Mm-hmm. It's going to go back to normal. And this is what this episode is: a little regression to the mean, a little breather after we blew our load, creating one of the best podcasts ever in episode sixty-six. How do you feel about that, Ian? Do you feel like good? That isn't that so much pressure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good to to have a success every now and then And once you have a success, you just kind of want to kick back with a, a fine whiskey or beer And mm-hmm. just
0: bask in it Yeah, that's what this episode's all about You know, we've got a few topics planned Including some uh, exclusive merch items for people associated with ScottCast in the past We're going to have some exclusive things we're printing up. Um, and we got a couple topics that we think are going to really tie in the Scott Cash universe together. But before we get into all that, let's talk about what we're drinking. Because we do that often now. Yeah. I like to do it. I like to include it. It makes me feel like if my brother's listening, because sometimes he says he does, mm-hmm. You know, he'll have something to listen to that he can really like relate to. He, could, he can at least be like, Scott, you're such an idiot the way he describes beer. Because mm-hmm. he owns a brewery. So he knows what all the ABVs and IBUs and IOUs and IUDs, he knows what all those things are. I have no idea what an IUD is. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a bitterness unit. Sure. <laughs> anyway. I'll let you think that. I uh, asked you a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. what's good beer to get? Yeah. And you said two breweries. Mm-hmm. Batch Brewery, which you have a monthly subscription to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brew Detroit, two local breweries. Yep, they're
1: actually like a block away from each other.
0: Do you think they Town hate each other? They're, I think they're pretty collegial. They're collegial, they're like yeah. yeah, they're like your business promotes our business. Yeah, I should probably be that way about other podcasts. But I'm still feeling like I'm going to destroy this other podcast I'm going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going. Well,
1: that's a whole whole different business. You know what I'm saying?
0: You you got to destroy everything you see, or else you're never gonna have a clear position in mm-hmm. the podcasting fold if you're surrounded by other podcasts local or you know niche focused as you are people aren't going to pick yours just by virtue of the math involved yeah you know they're going to pick the brightest or weirdest or most popular and stick with that mm-hmm. so you got to destroy as many podcasts that are close to you as possible which is what I'm going to be doing next week next saturday uh, and and the episode's going to air on monday okay so just just to tell the Scott Castigators, if you have uh, any ideas or any tips you want to give me as a Scott Castigator going on to another podcast, say you listen to a few podcasts, just email hot for at gmail dot com with some tips. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we got this brewed Detroit beer. It's a coffee stout because I wanted to be energized for this pro- for this broadcast. It's not working very well. No,
1: well, I mean it is brewed with coffee, but I don't think it actually has uh,
0: the caffeine in it. According to the Surgeon General... No, that's not right. Um, it's, it says it has coffee in it, or it's brewed with coffee. I guess it, I guess you, don't really, you can't really tell if it has caffeine in it still. Yeah. Or if that was somehow taken out during the process. Yeah. Like, does alcohol attack caffeine? Say you have I a coffee... Know, I don't know enough about the process. Say you have an espresso and you drink some whiskey. Mm-hmm. Do you get drunk or energized? I think both you get drunk faster. It depends
1: what uh, what there's more of, probably. Okay, that's what went wrong with like those four locos. Like people would just drink until they should pass out, but they were stayed up because they were so caffeinated, and they just kept drinking. And they just yeah,
0: and then they all died off four locos. What a sad, miserable death. Indeed. Can you imagine that being on your tombstone? Drank too many four locos. <laughs> that's a nice day in Sunnyham Tramick, isn't it? It like? is. We got the windows open for the first time recording ever. I'm confident enough in my recording ability that we can pull something off like this. I'm doing the Howard Stern voice. I don't know if you guys caught on to it yet. It feels good. I like the fact that I don't have to put much energy into it. I feel like I can broadcast all day like this. Though I do feel like I'm totally lulling Ian to sleep. Just a little bit. But not a lot. It's, it's, you have a soothing voice. It's soothing? Yeah. This is going to be one of those broadcasts that you play late at night. To escape, because that's what ScottCast is all about, isn't it? It's about escape. Whether it's escape from your dreary existence, listening to us delve into the mind of Scott with your guide, Ian Dixon, fan favorite, or Sneaky D, possibly. Or if you're trying to escape because you're really intrigued by the notion that we're going to build an underground city, and that I will be God King, and I will take care of you, and this soothing voice would project into your mind every day, every night. This has been a great beer review so far. <laughs> Five stars. I'm drinking this coffee style. It tastes like it has coffee in it yeah. and beer, which is great. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Because like, if I was making a coffee style, I wanted to know what mix to go for. Do I go for the coffee crowd or do I go for the beer crowd? How can you get both crowds, coffee and beer? So this one's got something for everybody. It's like those... Jars of peanut butter and jelly Where the peanut butter and jelly come in the same jar I hate those Yeah, that's the thing That's my problem with this beer mm. Is I don't think coffee and beer go together Really? I don't think so Coffee is like a bitter, like strong, bright, warm, thick thing And beer is like a refreshing, like a almost more sour than bitter mm. kind of taste to it Beer is so diverse though <laughs> It is diverse well, it's particularly recently, but I think the classic beer taste is pretty kind of pinned down, right? Mm. I mean, there's always been the
1: styles. I feel like stouts have coffee notes to them, generally.
0: Mm-hmm. Look up a couple coffee notes. Like, does Guinness taste like coffee?
1: Um, Not, not so much coffee, but it's got like chocolatey notes, bitter notes.
0: Chocolatey bitter notes? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of chocolate note? Like a big note? Or a little note that you would might notice over a glance. It's uh, subdued for Guinness, I would say. If you were looking out at a field of people congregating for a barbecue, say there's a family like pulling out a picnic blanket. Say Mm -hmm. there's a couple kids playing with a frisbee. You know, it's a really crowded scene. Maybe it's a Fourth of July. Like, what would the chocolate note be in this scenario? Would it be someone kind of like indiscreetly laughing along with? Some other much more riotous person's joke, or would it be the person center stage holding holding court to all the passerby? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> I was like, 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 uh, like, if all the notes of the beer profile was this scenic community scene, mm-hmm. like suburbia Fourth of July, and like all the different people were notes mm-hmm. within the beer. Like, would this beer be a prominent note, or would it be like a Forget a forgettable note towards the side, towards the end. Something like that you could only notice if you're looking for it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst beer review ever. (laughs) Totally lost me. (laughs) Like, imagine a scene, like a community scene. Have you ever been to like a Fourth of July cookout? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. Right. It's kind of just like have fun on a lawn. Mm hmm. So imagine a scene like that laid before you by some artist, mm-hmm. like Michelangelo, if you will. Okay. Not the turtle, but the old painter man. Mm-hmm. And you're asking me to pick out the chocolate note? I'm, like, In this scene, which you know will be diverse and rich and complex, is the chocolate note something kind of hidden away? Or is the chocolate note something prominent up front? Like, is it God in the Sistine Chapel? And by the way, if Michelangelo was so great, what happened to the other 15 chapels? They this, would is, like that one. this is <laughs> <laughs>
1: not our best work. <laughs> this is the best we've ever
0: done. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, regression to the mean, Ian. It's a fucking mean. Should bitch. I be
1: drinking this beer also to to figure out what you're talking about? With- yeah,
0: we need we need help with this profile. We're twelve minutes in, and you don't understand art theory enough to tell me what where the chocolate note is in this painting that I just I'm only verbally describing to you. It's coffee forward. It's coffee forward, so coffee is the hero note, the character that everyone's yes. drawn to immediately. You know that little spiral that you know um, visual artists always pass around, like a Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. The chocolate, no, no, the coffee is right at that center of that spiral, like boom. Yeah, that's where Howard Schultz is. That's where that's where the bean is. Mm-hmm. You know, fully brewed, fully brewed bean. Yeah, Right in the center of that spiral in that Fibonacci screen sequence. But what's around it? What, what's, 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 what, what's orbiting it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, coffee in itself has kind of chocolatey notes too.
0: Dark brews? A little bit, yeah. I like to eat chocolate while I drink coffee. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I like a good treat with my coffee. Which maybe is not a good thing because I start my day with coffee. And so naturally I've come to start my day with coffee and some sort of dessert item. You know, I don't know what David thinks about that. He's not much of a nutritionist, but I got to say, I'm getting plumper in my age. I'm going to become a fat king under the ground. A fat pale king. Yeah. Ruling over all. A fat hopped up on caffeine pale king. Sweating from above, but still below. (laughs) Email bag. Let's hear it. Okay. I wonder how much of this we're going to keep. Like, I wonder if I should keep like the whole thing.
1: All the dead pauses and everything.
0: All the dead pauses. (laughs) Just like really hammer home that this is a regression to the mean episode. (laughs) Like we're not expecting our best work. Mm -hmm. Like we're real proud of number 66. I am. Everyone brought in their A game, even if they were completely blasted. Mm -hmm. But right now, you know, we don't need to bring our A game because we know it's going to go worse than the last one anyway. The Scott castigators who love the Scott cast are are, are like clamoring for this episode. They really just want to hang out with us. They just want to hang out with us. Like they want they want us to they want to hear every single Scott cast. They want to hear the worst Scott casts and their favorite ones, Dollars to Donuts, gonna be the worst ones that we think. Mm. Because it's like, oh, this one brings their real characters forth. Mm. You know? This one you can't see the hand of Scott manipulating so much because it seems like his hand is weak. And you can see the true colors of these people shining forth. It's not bad. But we have email back. Let's hear the email back. Sneaky D writes in saying he's got an inspirational quote mm-hmm. that he would like turned into a print. A picture took by Sabelle. And it's going to have his most famous quote to date. After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. And it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be a classy kind of addition to any modern home, I think. Yeah. You know, because the the picture is very modern, crisp, uh, detailed, busy in terms of like content, but mm. focused, and uh, and the quote is timeless. After Scott Cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. It was during an early episode of Scott Cast, the lost episodes, one of the lost episodes, ancient but holy. You know, well, there's only been tales told of the lost episodes, and one of the remnants that survived was. This clip where David prophesies that they would be hella bitches after Scott cast. After Scott cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. And he was right. I mean, you stayed with your wife, but me and David both got girlfriends long term in the, in the long run there. Yeah. yeah. And that's correct. Hella bitches. After Scott cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to apologize. Wait, was the breaking news update? Uh, this Justin Scott Krause uh, hands in his apology and uh, his standard resignation. Uh, he he didn't he didn't mean to take David's words out of context. Hella bitches up in here, and apply them to his life in a disparaging manner to people who may or may not be involved. in Scott in Scottcast production and 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 Ian Dixon is now the host of Scottcast. Uh, Ian. I feel like we've done this before. We have. But we <laughs> you, you never became host though. Uh, I'm just a guest. Well shit, I didn't have notes or anything planned. I mean, it's okay if we do we need to take a little break for you to plan the rest of the episode or should we just wing it? You know, you're the host.
1: So it's my 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 cast now, huh? Is your cast, man? Oh. Well, if you haven't already, you should uh, subscribe to Audible trial dot com forward slash scottcast oh yeah
0: did I do that right yeah I think so yeah you know you're gonna get the money for anybody who clicks the sad cycle yeah you know cause you're the host now so
1: I mean everybody's done the trial but create a new uh new identity make a fake account I don't care just go to audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast get a free audiobook. it's good times Everybody likes books, but nobody likes to read. That's fine. Get an audiobook. It's free. Audibletrial.com forward slash ScottCast. So uh I saw a, a movie trailer recently that okay. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about, but I'm tentatively excited. You know I'm a
0: I'm a zombie fan. Yeah. I like the zombie flicks. You like, like the monster movies and the, yeah. and the gore movies. I like I like a good cheese. You like good cheese core. I, I wanted to watch the house that Jack built, mm-hmm. and I tried to watch it with Sabelle, and she didn't like it that at all. That shit's a little too real. It's too real. Yeah. She said she didn't like the sound of the man's skull grinding against the pavement. So we need to watch it. Yeah. Okay. So, but, you, but you were talking about this zombie movie trailer mm-hmm. that you were watching. What was cool about it?
1: Um, It doesn't take itself too seriously, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm. Um a lot of people really loved Zombieland. I was like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's it's sort of like that meta thing where it's uh yeah, it's a movie but they're like not taking it real serious and that's fun. It's a fun watch, but it's not like going to go in the classic horror flicks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: It's not going to be the next Freddy Krueger.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this has tinges of that. It might just be kind of a one-off, kind of funny, uh-huh, fun-to-watch thing, but... Who's in it? Rob Zombie? It's got so many people in it. <laughs> Let me pull the IMDb back up here. Chloe Savini, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Selena Gomez, Bill
0: Murray, uh, Tom Waits, Carol Kane, Danny Glover. You think we're going to get to see Tom Waits die? Iggy Pop. Like do you remember when uh, that movie with Paris Hilton came out and like the marketing of it was Watch Paris Die? Yes. That was insane. That's like like House a, of Wax or something. Yeah. Like they didn't even tell her that was what the marketing <laughs> was gonna be. Can you imagine being that person? Like you're you get yourself a movie role. It was her mm. first movie role. You know you know it's about your fame and whatever. And, right. So maybe you signed an extra waiver that Maybe says, she
1: thought she actually had talent. I don't
0: know. You know, yeah. And so, <laughs> like, but point is, is like, even if you knew that you went in there because you were famous, mm-hmm. right? Like, they still surprised her with a campaign where everything was plastered, like, watch Paris die. Those three words. And like a picture of her melted face. Mm-hmm. Like, with a spike through it. Can you imagine waking up to that? Everywhere. Buses. People talking to you about it. Like, oh, we're going to watch you die. Can you imagine living that I life? I can imagine that would be pretty traumatizing. Right? And then everyone, like, complains about Paris Hilton being a little weird. Yeah. You know? I think she gets a pass. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. So I who agree. do we get to see die in this one? We get to see Tom Waits die? I don't know. I hope not. Tom Waits is my favorite. Okay. So like, are you gonna boycott it if you <laughs> <have voiced> it? <laughs> like? Would you leave the Would
1: you leave the theater? I mean, it's a movie. Whatever, they can kill everybody. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, it's hard to judge it by the trailer. Like, it looks like it'll be fun. Will it be a good zombie movie? It's hard to say. The director is Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Yes. So mm-hmm. he's kind of like a artsy fartsy indie. Director who's been around for a long, long time. Um, he did a he ventured into the pseudo horror genre before a couple years back. He did a a vampire movie that actually takes place like half of it in Detroit. So we shot around here, like right on the outskirts of Hamtramck. There, there's like an old hospital where Hamtramck and Highland Park meet up, mm-hmm. and like that's where they get blood from for the vampire. And then he lives in like an old ramshackle kind of Victorian house in Brush Park. <laughs> we gotta see that. I've got it. We gotta see it, but then we gotta do a tour. Yeah, the so, house. So we gotta watch it like at noon. It was it was a while back. I think they've uh, they've revived the neighborhood. The hospital's still there. The hospital's still there. Yes. So we'll ask for blood. Yes. I don't think the hospital's open, but it's no, it's there. Oh, it's even better.
0: <laughs> We can just break in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that won't be a bad thing for 30 year old men to do. No, <laughs> what could go wrong?
1: <laughs> so, uh, t- where
0: was I? Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Do you I like
1: Jim Jarmusch? I don't know. You, he you gets got Tom Waits.
0: I mean, if he's given hamdramic, he's given your hometown a bit yeah. of like
1: there's Hollywood feel. Like, there's there's flashes of things that I like. He likes Detroit. He likes is it
0: is it that he is like so close to your nerddom, but also so distinctly like off putting in some ways that you like yeah, you don't want to associate a, your
1: nerddom with him? There's a pretentiousness about it.
0: A He's pretentiousness. Like, Do you think he thinks you are pretentious? Maybe. Ooh. Like both like there's two camps with him. I mean if pe- he knew thing. who the fuck I was <laughs> right, <laughs> that's the problem.
1: Maybe well, if you're successful and you're into the same nerdy things that I'm into, then you're pretentious. But yeah. since I am a an abject failure, then I cannot possibly be as pretentious as Jim Darmish.
0: You can't possibly be, <laughs> you know, unless you're cashing a check about your hobby. Yeah, you know, ain't you can't be pretentious. That's why Scott cast that makes me pretentious to call myself Pod King. Mm-hmm. But I've Come to accept it, but anyways, I might be pod king, but I'm not pod host right now. Yeah. So what does does anything in particular irk you about Jim Jarmusch?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know if he's actually like a good filmmaker. You don't know if he's any good, like or particularly good. Like again, there's like bits of Is his. Is he overrated? Yes, there's bits of his movies that I I like. Like I like to see places near where I live, and I like. Some of the themes that come in, but like overall, he's not a good storyteller. He's like pretty much like just buddy buddy with celeb some celebrities that he like brings in to just kind of shoot the shit. And it's that's like all his that's what his movie is. Okay. Yeah, all his production. He has a that. film called Coffee and Cigarettes, and it's literally just like people in a cafe drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. of these celebrity coffee. People? It's all the celebrity. Yeah, he's got. Bill Murray in that one, he's got uh, Iggy Pop in that one, he's got uh, Rizza from Wu-Tang. I want to watch that one. Now. Jack White. Jack White talking with Bill Murray. I, I think it was like Jack oh, boy, White Jack and Meg White, White and they had like a Tesla coil for some reason. Okay. It's like he picks up all these little tidbits from pop culture and just throws them in there, but they don't really make any sense together because so, okay. like people like that
0: stuff it's
1: like artsy now
0: alright so it's almost like a just like a weird kind of yeah. vignette of yeah. the time a weird abstract vignette Yes, filled with celebrities and references correct hmm Okay, I can get how that would be annoying. Yeah. Like, anybody could have just put all that hodgepodge together and, like, maybe put it in a different order. Maybe Jack White doesn't have the Tesla coil. Maybe Bill Murray has a Tesla coil. Or maybe instead of a Tesla coil, it's Elon Musk and he has a jetpack. Or maybe instead of Elon Musk having a jetpack, it's Jack White talking to Elon Musk about having a jetpack and Bill Murray's in the background. Or maybe Bill Murray's on the foreground and Jack White's in the background. It Maybe. doesn't require talent to assemble all that Like exactly. as long as you get the list together. Maybe we should make a movie. We 100% should make a movie and I actually have some serious plans to do so. <laughs> I have some real plans. Except um, we're going to get Sam fucking Neil and a duck. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not even talking about the Sam and Neil's duck thing but I have a movie concept I've planned mm. that involves Sam Neil, And I've got a soundtrack planned for it and everything. Okay. It's going to be fantastic but... I'm not the host right now.
1: Yeah. So speaking of sounds, right. He's got all these musician friends and he's kinda got these connections to Detroit, which I appreciate. But I also I have a a love for Detroit, a fondness for for where we are. A lot mm-hmm. of people shit on it. They're like, Oh Detroit, uh. oh Detroit. We shouldn't should be people- city underneath it. Yeah. So like I I want positive representations of the city. Um and I think a lot of the like the modern popular acts that are coming out of Detroit, the the ones that really break it big, mm-hmm. I don't think they represent us very well. You don't? No.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Jack White. Like I appreciate the f- philanthropic stuff he's doing around. He's helping rebuild the uh, the baseball stadium here in Hamtramck. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of uh, work to get the Masonic Temple kind of revamped. But he's not a good musician. You know, like his music. We have to agree on that. Like, we, <laughs> we have yeah, we to. Do. We do. <laughs> I
0: love it. Like, we can't continue He's this just,
1: podcast. It's, it's very simple music. And his guitar tone is awful. That was the quirk of the White Stripes was that it was it was sounded different because it's terrible because no one wants to sound like that. <laughs> Okay,
0: so like, what would you prefer, like Helix?
1: <laughs> Give me an R, R, O, O, C, K, what no, you got? I just, like, better acts have come from Detroit.
0: True, true. But I we, mean, get, like, we well, get represented define better, by... Like, define good, define best, define any of that, you know? I mean, I would rather Alice Cooper be like the forefront of Detroit rock. That's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. You
1: can't really... I don't want kid fucking rock representing detroit even though he's got right. like a shitty restaurant in the new alice, arena somehow
0: right. alice cooper's a solid choice though yeah because he's weird yeah he was weird ahead of his time weird way ahead of his time you know like he's converted do you know Alex cooper's a evangelical christian now i did not know that well he still does his act and stuff like mm-hmm. that he's not like a super like uh shoved down your throat evangelical yeah but i read his biography and he's the kind of Christian that he, like, he, he's, he writes it as, like, uh, he, he's kind of like Henry Winkler, the rock star. And he says, if he's flipping through the TV and he sees a lady in a bikini, he the choice for a Christian isn't, oh, I saw that, that was bad. I'm going to get rid of that in the world. Mm. It's, do I continue to watch it or do I flip to the next channel? Mm. He's a flip to the next channel evangelical.
1: Okay. Which I respect. So it's a live and let live kind of thing, but he and he has live. his his moral standard that he's going to stick to. Exactly, I respect that.
0: Yeah, you know. And it's interesting that he would come to be a Christian, given mm-hmm. his career as a as as a rock star. And I always forget that he's mm-hmm. that he's from Detroit. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really the metro. He doesn't call Detroit home too much. Yeah, I don't think like he's lives elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his career was built out of L.A. Mm-hmm. So is not... Too much of a Detroit musician, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, neither is Kid Rock. Neither is Kid Rock. <laughs> but he'll. Where was he from? Romeo. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. He lives in Clarkson now. Him, Bob Seger, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Not a bad trio. Well, depending on how you define trio. Mm-hmm. And good trios, but you know they say I respect Eminem as an artist. Yeah, Bob Seger.
1: Bob Seger, I respect as an artist. I'm not a like a plus fan, but you're not a big Seger fan, but you're a big Eminem fan. Meh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I respect him as an artist. Okay. Kid Rock, not so
0: much. You don't know, respect Kid Rock. Uh, have, you, have you ever heard of the Bawa Boss song? Yes, I, I recall. Like, you gotta admit, as far as intros are concerned, like, by the time he hits that Kid Rock with the Bawa I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> your heart's gone a little bit faster. When I was uh, 10 or whatever, yeah. Sure, I mean, you get used to everything, but like, uh, I mean, like for a radio sh- song to have a two minute intro where mm-hmm. it's just the guy saying nonsense words, like fading in, yeah, and then just yelling his name, and then that being the most kick ass thing on the radio at the time that's an accomplishment. <laughs> that's something I think we
1: should uh abolish just <laughs> pretend that never happened. Okay, it's like it happened. You, you think, There's a lot of like late '90s, early 2000s stuff that just we should just pretend it didn't happen.
0: I don't know, man. I, I'm so in love with that stuff. <laughs> like people say that this is a conundrum about me mm. is that they don't understand how I could have such good music taste. Mm. That's when they agree with me. Simultaneously with such awful. Simultaneously with like liking such trash. Yeah. Because like I love like the '90s schlock. Yeah. You know. I love it all. It's hilarious. Eiffel sixty five, you know, chumba woomba, that's the story of my life. Some of that has like that uh it's
1: it's visceral. It, it's you've connected memories to it. Mm-hmm. So that's part of that, I think,
0: is just the the nostalgia of it. It it energizes me in a way mm-hmm. that uh no other era can energize me. I can in. understand that. And there's songs Lid that Lid are biscuit. like that
1: like chumbawamba.
0: Chocolate stuff. It's like
1: everybody remembers chumbawamba and that's right. like
0: I can still, like, get down with Chumma One, by every Really? You'll have a whiskey drink or a vodka drink yeah. or a side drink or, or a, a lager drink. drink. <laughs> so you'll sing a song that reminds you of the good times. And a song s- that
1: reminds you of the better times. Yeah. Yeah. Next door neighbor. <laughs> so I can I can get down with that.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but you'll like, get
1: up again. There's. <laughs> 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 that was the best part of the episode right there. <laughs> But there's songs that also like I I liked at the time that now I listen to and I'm like oh Jesus what the fuck like corn corn doesn't make any sense anymore
0: doesn't it made sense before though it made sense when I was like 11 yeah when I was in like fifth grade or something like that they were handing out textbooks and they were like everyone needs to have these uh, book covers mm-hmm. and it looks like it was some donated book covers mm-hmm. and it was like a corn book cover. And they were giving it to the children. That's like, amazing. I didn't know what corn was, and mm-hmm. it was just like K O R N, and just like this weird clown figure or something like that. And like I was like, "Wow, this is weird and creepy." <laughs> but hey, I, mean, I didn't have to go get a book cover. I didn't yeah, even okay. know what that was at the time. So interesting. I didn't ask Jeeves about it. So yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Not like today; it would have been blown up on the Twitterverse, right? You know, do you think that you think nineties acts could have survived or become what they were, uh, given like the current Twitterverse? Do you think there could have been like a Limp Biscuit? Oh, I shudder to think what would happen. I think
1: they probably would have been even more extreme and awful. Yeah, like 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 they were ho- holding back because for some reason. I mean, just everything's viral now. Everything goes everywhere, and we don't have don't really have like niches anymore everything is just sort of bland and generic and
0: like memes it is a little disappointing like like how how people revert so easily to like the mass option yeah like because at the beginning of the internet era or at least or even just ten years ago it was a lot more optimistic mm-hmm. and people were like, oh it's the internet like particularly Napster era. Like, oh my God, you have so much access to everything. Yeah. This changes the world. You know, like you can listen to a local band from Norway. Yes. As easy as possible. You can be like, oh, how many people did they kill? Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but like people just, they just resort to the algorithms. Yeah. And the same one or two algorithms serves up everything for everybody. You know, whether it's YouTube music. Or Spotify or Pandora. Well, you have to know what you're looking for, or else, like, yeah, the algorithms—they'll just pump shit down your face. Yeah, it's just they'll just pump that that short head. Mm-hmm. There's a very long tail, mm-hmm. that, which is the which is the good thing about today, is that there is more being produced and made mm-hmm. than ever before. Like, as far as like you saying like niches don't exist, that's not true. It's it's that. The niche adoption rate did not keep up with the niche growth rate in any way, yeah, I feel like we kind of everyone's kind of stuck to those main short head uh like like of that like big curve graph, like they stick to that those mass market options so easily, because mm-hmm. it's so hard. like I still listen to the same bands I have listened to forever. yeah, like like Elizabeth and the catapult, I just discovered a shit ton of songs from them recently. And the only reason I discovered songs from them is because they're a band I've been listening to for 10 years, and I just now got around to their latest stuff, which was which is the stuff from the past seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've been a huge fan of them forever mm-hmm. and And I'm just now getting to it because I've been listening to the same other albums on repeat. Yeah, because I'm not trying new things. i'm I'm thirty, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to Kid Rock's "Ba with the Ba." And relive that moment as a youth, where I was like, "Really? There's no rules in life? You can have a two minute intro and just yell your name? That's amazing!" <laughs> Kid Rock changed the definition of freedom for me. Ooh, you think? I'm sorry, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's an idea. Yeah, he reinforced the idea in a small way, mm-hmm. kind of, in a way. You know, I think other songs did a lot better doing that. Yeah. So, but Jack White, I think I, I would defend Jack White over Kid Rock. I think Jack White's a better musician than Kid Rock. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he's a good musician. Like, like what what kind of caliber musician do you think uh, is better suited to represent Detroit? Like more modern? Like Alice Cooper is a little far back. Yeah. Um, and so you're more up on the local scene than I am. Well, like, I'm talking to people that anybody would know. We got a national audience, my friend. What yeah. You do now that you're the host. Well. Ian cast. Uh,
1: the incredibly
0: anticipatory deciding cast where Ian decides things. Let Ian figure out which bands are from
1: Detroit that everyone would know. As we have a long pause. A
0: little long pause. Tell us about that whiskey while we have a long pause. Well, uh, on the Detroit Songwriter Dispatch, which is the thing you keep referring to for me knowing about songwriters, uh, we like to have Jameson, which is cheap Irish whiskey. And for this episode, since we're talking about Detroit's musicians, but we're going fancy, high caliber, nation, nationwide recognition Gotta kind of spare people. Spare no expense. Spare no expense. We have Egan's Single Malt Irish Whiskey, straight from Tillamore and Bridge Street. Ten years. It's delicious. It's got an ampersand for a logo. In eighteen fifty two, Patrick Egan Sr. established Egan Limited to make some booze. And here's the product of it. It's got a delightful taste. It tastes like fire in a
1: barrel. <laughs> it's a, it's a nice Irish whiskey. I think it's it reminds me of Greenspot.
0: Green Spot. Green Spot. Green Spot. No, I've been to the sandwich store called the Green Spot. Have you ever been to the Greenspot sandwich store in Detroit where they mm-hmm. sell tiny sliders? The Green Dot, was it called maybe? Green Dot Stables? Green Dot Stables. Yeah. That's it. See, I'm not real impressed
1: with what I'm finding. <laughs> you don't on the like internet. To trust
0: musicians. Maybe Jack White was the best. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, well, in terms of like modern stuff, there's not a lot going on.
0: I want to tell everybody like, on the dispatch that uh, they are slacking. Well, that's the thing. The underground scene is probably better than any of these people. What kind of names are you seeing there
1: that you're rejecting um, as host? Best one I see is MC5. That's not really modern, mm-hmm. but I can get down with that. I mean, you got a lot of Motown. Yeah, Motown, obviously. Right. Uh, but yeah, Eminem, White Stripes, we've already talked about. Motown, Motown, Motown. Big Sean is modern. I don't really. I'm not familiar with his stuff. Couldn't tell you. Royce the Nine, the Five Nine. Apparently, is ties. I don't really know much about
0: him. He's like in the Eminem crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there's a, a modern rapper that interests me, Danny
0: Bonaduce, Danny Brown, Danny Brown. Is he Detroiter? Yes, Danny Brown, the Detroiter. So you think he's better than? So like, it should be like, okay, let's. He look intrigues at me. I've seen him in like some TV shows, and Is just, he up like, and coming? Like, is he I've a young? A
1: he's he's pretty He's individual. pretty popular. Mm-hmm. I think he's nationally known. Okay, he's kind of a weird guy, crazy guy, which is probably what I like about him.
0: Okay, what kind of weird and crazy things does he do? Like, uh, like dig cities? Like, do you think he'd be cool in Scott Cast City? Think we should have a on? I bet he would, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to, we're going to see if we can get Danny Brown on to Scott Cast, and then we'll parlay that into the dispatch. But we got to, we have to, well, it's Ian Cast now, but we have to have priorities still. True. You know, Ian Cast first, dispatch second, Scott Cast third, One Life to Lift casts fourth. Drew and Tim show,
1: man. Maybe I'm pretentious. I'm finding this out. You're pretentious. Electric Six. I like Electric Six. Electric
0: Six. Like you're really like discovering on your own podcast that you're pretentious. Uh, maybe
1: and it took me sixty-six like, episodes. still have to
0: come to that conclusion.
1: I'm like really into metal. And who's the metal band from Detroit that's best known? Black Dahlia Murder. And I I hate
0: them. They suck. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe you don't like Detroit as much as you thought you did. I like the city. I, I like the city and the people. I appreciate, yeah. But the art scene maybe doesn't draw you to it. Remember that time I almost licked a Picasso? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the that's the de- definition of the Detroit art scene right there. Scott being held back morally, two inches away with his tongue out, about to lick a Picasso sketch, hung haphazardly on the wall with absolutely no glass. True, true. Mm-hmm. That's the symbol of Detroit art. Yeah, that's... It's rough going, man. I See, this is
1: this is why I like to be the sidekick, because I'll bring up something that I don't know enough about to really flesh out. And I'll make and I'll, up and I'll paint myself in a corner yeah. and be like, oh, maybe I'm a dumbass, and I shouldn't have said anything in the first place.
0: But then I'll embarrass myself even more <laughs> in response with full confidence that whatever I'm saying works. But
1: I stand by uh, Jack White's overrated. Yeah. Kid Rock is
0: awful. Mm-hmm. Would you ever vote for him? No, in a political arena.
1: No, 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 no.
0: Are you glad that he pulled out? Or were you kind of pissed that he didn't stick to his guns? I mean, because like it was definitely a publicity stunt, right? Yes, that he 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 ran for governor, and then like at the last second, a few weeks before the election, basically, he was like, ah, "I never really meant it." Yeah.
1: I don't know that he would have had that much of an impact. I think he if anything, he would have taken votes away from
0: the Republican, which wouldn't have been awful. I thought that the, he was gonna be on the Republican ticket and he was gonna Donald Trump it. Yeah.
1: That would be awful if he actually won.
0: Right. That's probably like, why he pulled out. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> right? Like he saw what was going on with Donald Trump and he was like, I don't want that Like, <laughs> I don't want the whole world to hate me except for a few bitter and battered um, yep. right wingers. I mean imagine making that decision like you need the world to love you so much that that you would build an underground city. <laughs> <laughs> At least like that makes sense. Like but but to think that you could make the whole country love you. Yeah. And but you're all you're doing all you're really doing is playing to a base. Mm. And like this base he doesn't know anything about this base. He doesn't really connect to these people, right? In what way does Donald Trump connect to like um Blue-collar people, or middle-class people, or rural American people—like—and that's where he gets all his power. And like, what way does he possibly connect? Those are the only people who support him now. Yeah, like, a, like a few people, like, a, like maybe a few people in business mm. or something like that, or I don't know. It's hard to say, but it doesn't seem like it's very wide. And like, the discussion online is mostly just getting tired. Yeah, you know, it's still vitriolic, but it's kind of lazy vitriol. Mm-hmm. If you ever like look over it, it's like everybody's saying the most asinine things that 10 years ago, if it was being said, people would be going to jail and getting reported and getting their profiles blocked and shit right. like that. But now it's just so laissez faire just to see someone ripping someone's head off in a comment section. Right. You know, it's no big deal. I feel it's a mad, 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 mad world all around me. Familiar faces. <laughs> Worn out places. Worn out faces. So what else we got? That was kind of the thing that
1: That that's really what been irking you. It's been irking me. Um we watched a
0: movie together last time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Learned the, all about the residents. That was a brand new topic to me. Hmm. I didn't know anything about the residents. So what were your impressions now that you are an expert on I the I liked them a lot and they're doing I feel like I feel like there's Scott casting but like in old form. Like sure my ego was much more forward. What mm-hmm. was Scott being the name? I'm trying to give you more ego. <laughs> Call it Ian cast. Yeah. Let you take the role. Like now we're talking residents, cool. So that we can be more like the residents. These people uh, are completely anonymous. No one knows who they actually are. You can't say who's the lead singer of the Residents, You can't say who wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. Although couldn't you just look up like the BMI records or something like that or ASCAP? Or is it all like filed under like I an think LLC? It's like,
1: yeah, it's it's all very hush hush. Because
0: even LLCs you have to like write down the officers. Well they had
1: uh, they had a little their Cryptic Corporation. Yeah. They had their
0: their officers there that weren't necessarily in the band. Like How much do you want to bet? Because these people have been operating since like what the seventies, eighties. But how much do you want to bet that like there's the original members aren't the original, aren't there anymore? It's quite possible. Like like they're still touring. I could see that. Like it's like a purely a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, the real brains of the operations, this manager who keeps hiring and firing artists to be a part of this, signing Mm -hmm. an NDA being like okay you're going to get royalties for this many of um residence projects they've been the average royalty rate for every other resident project this is what the residents in this era made you could you'll probably make x you know yeah. just sign this nda and shut the fuck up and you already signed an nda by the time you got to that meeting so you're going to take it you know it's guaranteed income as an artist you don't have to be a slave to the image. You mm-hmm. can do your own thing afterwards, completely different, and you'll still have that bed of revenue. Like, mm-hmm. every single artist I've met, they would take that deal immediately. They would sacrifice years of their life uh, wearing an eyeball, doing weird shit, <laughs> just to, like, have, like, a little...
1: Complete control.
0: Have have complete control later. Uh, and, and during that project, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely... I don't know, like, that's the thing. Like, Do they have complete control, or do you think there's like a manager? Like, well, that's the idea. Is
1: is the their anonymity was like they weren't subject to society's whims in terms of what they expected. That by
0: eliminating, have have like
1: boobs by eliminating the ego, they they it's a pure artistic expression. That was the idea that they're not influenced by fame. Oh, now I'm famous and I'm big shit and now I'm gonna do this. But like. Here's the thing but I guess though, like keeping like,
0: that going. The idea of like switching them out, though. Mm-hmm. like I could see like the actual artists within the troupe at any given time might not have any kind of stance towards fame. Mm-hmm. Like they're just doing it for the paycheck. Like what if the residents are the biggest sellout band in the world? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I got. They're out not of that. doing a very good job. Like they're a huge song.: Because you only just heard about them from this movie.: <laughs> Right? But they, but they have a dedicated following. They do. They, they put out a record, they sell a certain amount of the record. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's stylistically connected to anything else. It doesn't matter if it's perfect, it doesn't matter anything. It's just a fan base that constantly eats up this money mm-hmm. And like I bet there's a manager that's just like hiring a dime a dozen musicians to be part of the residence. Yeah, like they just have to have a vocalist that sings somewhat like the vocalist in the classic records, which was just kind of screaming. <laughs> like, what was the what was the big song that everyone knows about from The Residents? Constantinople. Yeah, bab da that da- Constantinople. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Any reasonable person can like make, make sound like that person thirty years later. You know, at yeah. that age, like I can imagine you being the Constantinople guy. Maybe, maybe I am. You, maybe you are. Maybe that's why you brought it up. You just finally want some accolades. I think Santa Dog is my favorite. What? How's that go? Santa Dog, the Jesus
1: fetus. Santa Dog, the Jesus fetus. Santa. There's no presence. There's no presence in the future. <sighs> oh, my God.
0: That's unnerving. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Like, First off, Santa's a dog, but also he's like a... Jesus. Jesus fetus. He's also God, but a fetus. He's also mm-hmm. a baby, not a baby Jesus, but a fetus Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's no present. Well, that's that's what Christmas is about.
1: The Jesus mm-hmm. fetus.
0: The Jesus fetus. Well, no, it's not. It's about the baby Jesus. The Jesus fetus is like if there was a holiday about the conception, right?
1: I think there is, but people don't actually that. That's the Jesus
0: yet. fetus. Yeah, the Feast of Jesus Fetus. <laughs> Oh, what kind of food would you have for the feast of celebrating the creation of a fetus?
1: Um, Eggs. There's a dish where it's like a. It's actually like a duck fetus. Wow, I can't remember what but it's would called. you
0: eat a fetus to celebrate a fetus. I don't know. Maybe like, hey, this fetus ain't that fetus. Let's eat it. <laughs> this ain't that fetus. That fetus was wonderful. Let's eat this fetus. Eat this fetus. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being a thing. I can see that. So I like residents because they had so many different projects, mm-hmm. and we've got so many projects. It's true. I'm talking with Emily Wood. She's gonna illustrate a Scott Cast comic. Okay. A Hamtramck Avengers line that we're working on. Yes. And I'm talking with Sabelle We're gonna do. We're gonna do like a 40 minute, hour long, kind of like a noir movie. Okay based on Scott cast and we're going to try to get everybody in it. This is the first time Ian's hearing about it. I don't know if he wants to be in it or if he's going to have like, we're going to need to get George Clooney to stand in for him. (laughs) (laughs) You think we should do that? Like, like replacing with George Clooney, but like have all George Clooney's lines be like your voice. That would be great. That would be amazing. (laughs) I would do this <laughs> Oh my god that's gotta be in the, the movie Just George Clooney sounding like Ian Dixon Like we'll just We'll just dub it Yeah Like I will painstakingly make sure that George Clooney looks like He's saying the words that Ian Dixon's actually saying
1: That doesn't even have to match It'll no. be like
0: <laughs> It'll be like an Italian movie an Ita- all those Yeah but only are- when you're talking
1: <laughs> <laughs> As George Clooney that's how uh, Dario Argento did all of his films. He would just, he had like a multi continental uh, troupe from like all over the place. And he would just have them speak in their own language. So there would be somebody speaking in Italian, somebody speaking in English, somebody doing Spanish.
0: And everyone got dubbed. And everybody got dubbed. Did <laughs> he so change the lines at the last second? Because like, that's what I would do. If I was dubbing everybody, I would just be like. This is generally what I want you to do in this scene. Mm -hmm. I'll think of what you're actually saying later. Just say (laughs) something to the effect of, ah, fuck, action. (laughs) I think it was something like that, yeah. It was just like, in your own language, be comfortable. I need to study the techniques of all the shittiest directors. Yeah. Here's the thing, Sabelle, we were talking about the movie yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. That I'm trying to get made. Yeah. And Sabelle was like, maybe we should hand it off to a director. And she was like, maybe we should find a way to get Kevin Smith to direct it. And then she was like, no, he would fuck it up. Wow. Yeah. She's serious. It's not my movie anymore. So she's got a vision for it. She has a vision for it. She's the one making this the movie. Okay. It's gonna be a Sabelle production. I'm lucky to get just credit in any way. <laughs> I'm going to get well, you some know what, that's assistant a, That's producer. a sign of a
1: good leader is that you're, uh, what's the word? Other people do work for you. Yeah. You're, uh, I'm the worst with words. That's why I'm not a host. You're a bad worder.
0: Delegating. I'm delegating. <laughs> yes. But like, I'm, like the delegation is natural because people's passion mm-hmm. pick up the slack, you know? Like, even and today. You surround yourself with good people. Exactly. Even today, like you took up hosting duties and you say that you're bad at it, but, you know, the passion really drove in. Yeah. And we have a solid episode in the tank, I feel, you know. It's not as good as
1: 66.
0: It's not as good as 66. It's definitely a deviation from, no, a regression to the meme. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is a deliciously tasty episode that delivers on something that I don't think many people even knew they wanted. Ian hosted podcast There you go But also the revelation that we're making a kick-ass real movie Yeah Yeah, but also the revelation that Jack White sucks (laughs) (laughs) But apparently not after scanning the list (laughs) Well, actually, I I will put him first Relatively, yeah, I guess (laughs) It's either that or fucking Black Dahlia murder Goddamn Which one would you pick to represent you? Jack White or Black Dahlia murder? I'd pick Jack White hands down. I like. Uh, I, I kind of like Jack White. I would begrudgingly pick Jack White. Jack White. He. It's catchy. Jack White's catchy. It doesn't require talent. Well, it depends. What's 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 your definition of talent? Then, like, is it is it like physical? Capability? Everything's very
1: simple. But I mean, "Residence"
0: is like deconstructed
1: intentionally simple too, mm-hmm. and I like that.
0: I like I like like I've seen Jack White documentaries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Him explaining the simplicity, mm-hmm. and it always it always is very intentional. Like he's he'll set about making a song, and like there can only be three of any given thing, mm-hmm. only three chords, only only three like I don't know schemes, yeah, whatever. Only three instruments, only Maybe three voices.
1: I'm like a process guy, and I just need to know the process of everything. Well, maybe before I make a decision about Here, things,
0: maybe this is what happened. Like you you saw a bunch of hipsters just fucking <laughs> just licking Jack White's nuts. I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. And like, and like you you're hearing the music, and it's like it's just Jack White like noodling with his guitar, you know, and you're like, it's like, what the fuck. What the fuck's the point of this? Why is everyone licking his nuts? But you're not seeing like the process that where he's just like, i I'm intentionally making. Restricting myself and, yeah. and channeling aggression through these small means, or something like that, and and creating something out of that. Like I haven't listened to many of the recent Jack White things at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love the Dead Weather of all his things, and he's just the drummer, and he's got a fantastic band with him, mm-hmm. Ellis and Moss Mosshart on vocals, and uh, some great people on uh, bass and guitar. But but I do like his ethos mm-hmm. and like every time he talks in an interview I'm like well yeah that makes sense like maybe he's a little aggressive or whatever Or is he, is he the world's smartest person the world's most talented musician the world's most anything no but you know he is kicking ass in, in his field and I always respect that and it's, it's kind of like how am I the most capable of digging a giant hole and f- making a city out of it no <laughs> but fuck it I'm the one doing it yeah. So suck my ball sack, hipsters. We're living underground, and Jack White, you're welcome. If you send a donation to <laughs> <laughs> the Scottcast City Fund, where we're gonna set up a series of GoFundMe's for each phase of the prog- pr- 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 for each phase of the project. There you go. So what did we learn today?
1: Well, we learned that uh, Ian is not the most effective host for Scottcast. You did fantastic. And then he's going to uh,
0: give the reins back to the rightful God King. I mean, I am the rightful God King. (laughs) Thank you for acknowledging. But no, you did fantastic. I would fully honor having you in. And actually, I thought of an idea just now. Yeah. I'm doing this podcast on the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Mm -hmm. It's coming out Monday, next Monday, after this episode airs. And... Maybe for, for Scott cast, I'll have David come over. Yeah. And you and David will do um, a Drew and David show Review take, of the, the where, cast. Yeah, where you listen to mm-hmm. the cast, pause, comment. And I'm not even in the room. Okay. Like, I'll leave the room. I'll, I'll go to my office and just do work <laughs> with headphones on. Mm-hmm. And you guys can record here. Just tell me when you're done. Okay. And that'll be the cast. Like, I'm not hosting it. You guys are just listening in on me. Oh, are you sure you commenting. want to do that? I kind of actually, <laughs> I, I would pay you both to do that. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. I'll get pizza for everyone. Well, shit. You know. I guess I'm on board. You're on board? We'll get Sneaky D in too. It'll be fantastic. All right. So, this has been the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Scarcast, and I, the Pod King himself, bid thee adieu. See you later, Scott Castigators.